This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Imad Gurgis, the owner of Simply Bookkeeping and an expert at bookkeeping and financial analysis for businesses. Imad, welcome back to the show. Very interesting. Thanks so much, Mark. It seems like I see you a lot, right? We're in a couple of network lunches together. Um, and I don't know. We just yeah, it's, it's, always a, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun and always interesting. I think yeah. several times I've been asked, like, oh, do you know Ahmad? I'm like, I know Ahmad. Do you know Ahmad? Like, we all know Ahmad. <laughs> He's everywhere. It's a good thing for business. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. <laughs> We're also going to talk with Priscilla Moreno with PM Insurance Group, who helps small business owners and the self-employed find medical insurance. Priscilla, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. You were on the previous one, and, and I'm... Well, thank you for uh, kind of staying on for the second show. Uh, we had one of our folks that wasn't able to make it today, and you're filling in. And uh, there's a lot more to talk about, right? Didn't it feel like it went fast? Oh, my gosh, so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot more to cover this time. In studio is today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity in business and achieve their goals. Heather, well, Heather welcome back to this show. Always happy to be here and talk about business so we can put that in yeah. time. That's one of my favorite things to do is talk about business. Yeah. I love it. I, I almost should start a podcast or something. <laughs> a quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you are a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your show or your business featured on our show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-960-8210. That's 210-960-8210. All right. I feel like we should jump right into this because our discussions, we got pretty enthralled last time and we time did. went by so fast. So I'm going to jump right in with uh, Imad Gurgis. Uh, let me do a proper introduction. First up on the show is Imad Gurgis, the owner of Simply Bookkeeping and an expert at bookkeeping and financial analysis for businesses. Imad, welcome back to the show. Thanks again, Mark. All right. So, Heather, did you want to start this one off with? Oh, well, sure. So, um, a little off topic, but kind of on topic cool. for like what we talked about, because we ended the last show kind of talking about getting started in business and, and making it through your first few years to have the ability to look back on your activity and see what worked for you and grow your business from there. So Ahmad, before we really jump into the bookkeeping side, you're a business owner, you've been around, you are around everywhere, everybody yeah. knows you, mm -hmm. and you get to see people's books. Yep. When they're in one to two years versus just starting, is there generally a story there that you can kind of speak on? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Heather, most business owners, they want to grow. Wouldn't, wouldn't y'all agree? Yeah. So I would say right between that first year to second year, a lot of business owners start to transition from solopreneurs to starting to have a mini team. And that's a, that's a big change for a lot of business owners because you go from uh, controlling everything in a way to managing everything to now having to become comfortable with delegating some things out letting some things go. And so making that transition is really, really important for business owners because that's the only way they're going to be able to scale up and actually reach the next next level, which, you know, they always say teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. So it's really that that transition uh, that we like to emphasize on. And as we see it happen more more often uh, within businesses, 
we let those business owners know specifically if they're in their first year reaching their second year hey by the way you know this next stage if you do want to uh you know break into the you know six figures and above this is what you're looking at so to kind of prepare and plan for it and you're you i mean you own your business as well and i would imagine of anybody you're good with your numbers, right? Um, I, you could say <laughs> so. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I would hope so. So being able to make those decisions based on numbers, do a lot of people come to you as your as their bookkeeper to make that decision? Or do they generally jump into it and then come talk to you after? You know, I, I always catch it before because oh. the good thing is... is Except we, with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not with Mark. <laughs> well, Mark, you're just doing so good, you know. We're, we're just letting you fly. <laughs> I, I think when I hired Imad, I, I probably had like eight or nine, and now I'm up to about 15. So yeah. he, and he probably had no idea. Yeah, no. Mark hires a new person every week. Mm -hmm. um, I can't keep up with this guy. But um, uh, for most typical traditional businesses they'll they'll hire you know their first employee within that second year mm -hmm. um and then it's usually depending on their growth scale they're usually hiring maybe every six months or so so it's right before they hire that first person is where we want to kind of educate them a little bit and let them know okay you know these are the steps these are procedures you might want to look out for because you know it happens from business to business and i know oh you can go ahead if you no, have no. A question. i know a lot of businesses see those uh, to Priscilla's point from the last episodes, the peaks and the valleys, the busy peaks, seasons yep. and the low seasons. When are they generally talking to you about that during a peak or during a low? So during during a peak season um, and in a lot of business owners, new business owners actually fall into this is they get so busy, they forget every, everything else. Right. And mm -hmm. wouldn't you say so? Mark? Well, well, yeah, it, it kind of runs into a, it, I mean, it's like a storm of activity that's going on and you're trying to just maintain what you have. And probably if you're a real entrepreneur, you're trying to grow at the same time. It's exactly. a crazy life. Yep. Yep. And, and unless you've, you've experienced, you know, a peak time, like maybe three or four times, you would know what to expect. Right. So if it's your first time, your second time, a lot of business owners, they get flustered. They're, they're unsure. They're still trying to grow, like Mark said, and they're trying to do everything else. So it's, it's understanding when your peak season is and when your low season is help prepare and plan for those so that you can kind of anticipate, okay, you plan during your slow seasons and then you grow during your peak seasons. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how we So plan for, for having a bookkeeper, pay attention to the numbers, right? That's super, uh, that's like a, you're ahead of the curve. I think if you're doing it, cause not everybody has a bookkeeper. They're kind of pretending to be their own bookkeeper and try and, right. you know, hold on by the seat of their pants at home, trying to figure this stuff out. But when you have that data, you have that, those numbers, you can plan, you can evaluate even to Priscilla's point before when we we're talking about journaling, but it's this slow down document so you can reflect and plan. Um, so, how do you do that from the bookkeeper's perspective for businesses? So you'd be surprised. You can actually tell a lot from numbers, right? You could see where revenues are, incomes coming from, what sources they're coming from. You can also see where expenses are going, going through. So let's say you've got a business where there's a lot of like cost of goods. You could tell by the correlation of income to cost of goods ratio and see, okay, where your strong months are and where your slower months are, because you probably won't be buying as much products if 
if it's going to be a slow month and it and vice versa it's got to reflect within the income as well so you take all that into consideration some expenses yes they're consistent like let's say for example insurance right insurance is going to stay consistent throughout the 12 months but you want to look at those very varying um factors like cost of goods and see how it can reflect and what would you say to someone who says you know my numbers are always going to be from the month before so it feels reactive so if if Honestly, if they tell me that, I would almost be kind of proud with them because a lot of people <laughs> will not say a month before. They'll say, oh, you know, if, and this is a big if, they had a bookkeeper, You most bookkeepers out there have a three-month delay. And so, oh, wow. and that's if they have a bookkeeper. Now, if they don't even have a bookkeeper, they're usually six months to a year, which is, you know, the whole shoebox concept, right? Here we yeah. are, it's December the shoebox out from the under the bed and figure out where, where all the money's gone. Um, <laughs> so we don't want to use that theory anymore because it's not really, you can't predict on it. Maybe in the beginning it's okay because grow, you're growing and wearing all these hats. But eventually, um, if you want to grow continuously, um, then you've got to c- come with a better theory. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't really, I mean, most of the businesses I work with were getting the monthly P&Ls. Now, whether they're actually read or not, that's different. Um, but yeah, so from my experience, those monthly P&Ls, it may be reactive to look at them after the fact, but they can tell you a lot about where your money is going and how you can take activity to change it. Have you seen big impacts from that type of reactivity, I guess we call it? If yes, yes. Other? Like well, we're going to take uh, an industry, for example, let's, let's go with HVAC. Um, HVAC companies tend to do better in the hot seasons, right? Mm. What? So, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Shocking. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we're in Texas, right? Hot season's going to be, mm. I mean, for us most of the year, but I would say what, April, May until October. Yeah. And so during those slower months, November through February, it's it's we want to plan for those months because what's the one thing we don't want to stop doing, Mark? Earning money. Well, that too, and <laughs> paying our people and marketing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Market. He, he's fishing don't for something. We market. missed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like once you get the momentum going, and then people will want to take a break. It's like you can't take a break from marketing. You can't just need to break. delegate it. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. And, and that's the most important time is to market during slow times because when it does become busy. You want to be on top of the curve rather than when everyone tries to flood the internet or however you're marketing. Uh, you don't want to be at the bottom because you were too late. Yeah, it's like Facebook ads. I, I actually, I'm not a huge fan of that business because it's so saturated that people are looking there for that Hail Mary pass to be able to just throw their stuff out there. But what they don't realize is you're competing against everybody else, not just in the space, but also once they've tagged you as interested in air conditioning repair, for example, then yeah. you're going to get contacted by a lot of people. So now you've entered into a situation where you're competing against a lot of other different folks who, you know, uh, if you're an HVAC company, you're competing against a lot of different HVAC companies for that business. And that's where like telemarketing, for example, can be an an advantage Mm -hmm. because you're catching somebody when they're not necessarily in that market. So to your point, it's, it's when it's top of mind for the consumer isn't always the best time to do your marketing. Right. That's my point. Right. Yeah. And, and same, same with, uh, uh, budgeting as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, 
you want to make sure that you've budgeted correctly for those slow months to make sure that you're still keeping up with business. Like you said, paying your employees, making sure you're, you're still on top of your marketing, making sure, you know, the lights are still on and, and not have one off season or slow season, you know, put you under because that would not be good for a business owner. Yeah, I feel like everyone is shooting for consistency in in our world. Like we all want to have consistent income, consistent sales. And unfortunately, the reality is most most industries are cyclical. We're going to have up months and down months. But um, how many cringes do you get when you say the word budget? A lot, a lot. <laughs> people get scared a little bit. I feel like people just have such a negative term around budgets. Like, how do you fix the inconsistency of our industry? Like, you could just budget for it. And then they're like, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, well, you know, we checked the bank yesterday and there was a little bit of money in there. We, we're doing okay. And it's like, well, you know. I remember yeah. when I heard it is like, I can't be out of money. I still have checks <laughs> back in the day. Right. So let's talk about consistency for to Heather's point. People want consistency, but they want consistency in rewards or benefit, not necessarily an output. Right. Right. Or in the hard stuff, which is watching your numbers, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. And making sure that that's taken care of. There's consistency, but that's like in input. We want the consistency on output. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what if we just renamed budget to like strategic planning? So what does strategic planning with your clients look like? So strategic planning would look like understanding that. So first it's coming up with a good set of data, which is good bookkeeping, right? Because mm. we can't do much with that bad data or no data. Um, so first, first things first, come up with some good data and make sure that we understand the data. From there, then we help our clients understand, okay, where are your slow months and, and identify those in case they're not sure. It's really important to make sure we identify those. And then we delve a little bit deeper into understanding uh, more in depth of the business itself. So whatever product or service they're uh, providing, we want to understand a little bit more of those and understand, okay, exactly which products are you really getting most of your revenue in from? And then we can start focusing in a little more on those hot items and helping that business owner market those and and be able to make those more appealing to their consumers. So that's kind of in that strategic planning that you had mentioned. And yes, part of it is budgeting. And then the other part of it is planning within their business to understand that, okay, this is actually how we're going to get you to the next level. It's not just, you know, sell as many possible products that we can and then hopefully you know, we'll make a little bit of money. Eventually, you'll un you'll see a trend of, okay, there's a few select items that are really bringing us in our, our most revenue. Too what I've found is a lot of people, when they have any kind of issue they want to overcome, the answer seems to be increase revenue. It's and a catchy phrase. <laughs> it is make a catchy phrase. Like make more money or outrun the problems. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually surprising. You know, I'll hear companies that make a lot of gross revenue, and I don't really care about gross revenue. I care about net revenue, right? right? How much are you netting at the end of the day? Because that's what truly matters is how much are you keeping? keeping yeah. Well, as you're talking about business owners, you know, in the beginning, yeah, mm. make as much money as you can, appeal to as many clients or consumers as you can. But then there comes a time where then you've got to put some strategy into the game. And that's when it becomes, okay, we figured out how to make a little bit of money. Now let's figure out how we can actually keep that money 
Because there's two parts of the game here. There's one, which is making some money, and then the other part is actually keeping it, not making sure that it all just gets dispersed. Yeah, my mm-hmm. wife would like your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the work smarter, not harder. After you get past the initial survival phase, it's when you have the luxury to start looking at how can you make this smarter and you don't have to always be down nose to the grindstone hustling sometimes you just gotta like put some strategic thought into it and that's a big place where you can come in and add a lot of value i feel like so this is i think you said included for your clients how do people get a hold of you if they are not a client of yours yes the best way is to give us a phone call at uh, either myself or one of our team members at 832-518-9368 and you can actually call or text this number. Again, mm. it's 832-518-9368. And either myself or one of our team members will get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks, Ahmad. Great segment as always. Houston, Houston Thanks, number. Mark. Thanks, yeah. Heather. Is that what that is, Houston? It's the Houston number. Oh, okay. yeah. I just moved back from Houston. We don't speak of Houston anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but we keep the cell it's phone the number. It's city that <laughs> shall not be named, right? All right, next up on the show is Priscilla Moreno with PM Insurance Group, who helps small business owners and the self-employed find medical insurance. Priscilla, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. So uh, on the last one, we kind of stuck our toe in the water a little bit on this concept of uh, fear when when somebody's going to get into business or they're going to make decisions with respect to business. Um, How did you kind of deal with that when launching your company, which had to have been uh, mm-hmm. and exciting, right? We can change that energy, right? Somebody <laughs> yeah. asked a, an Olympic athlete about, aren't you scared when you just know they excited, right? They just turn that energy into something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, so talk a little bit about how you dealt with that excitement, if you will. Right. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it too, when it comes to fear, um, if it doesn't scare you, your dream's not big enough. So I think I remember when remember thinking about that. I'm like, well, instead of using my fear to keep me from playing the insurance game, I'm going to use it to drive me because everything's going to be scary at the beginning, right? I love that quote, um, don't be afraid to suck at something new. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, you're never good at anything at the beginning. So I am just need to look at everything from that perspective. I'm not going to be good at it right now, but I'm willing to be open and learn from it. Yeah, I think don't be afraid to suck at something from the beginning. That's a very good point because it's this fail forward mentality, at least in part as well. Don't be afraid to fall down flat or to have to eat some humble pie, mm-hmm. you know, or figure out you're doing something you aren't quite as cool or as good as you thought you were going to you were at the time. Well, and I feel like we learn a lot more valuable lessons out of failure rather than success. Success Mm -hmm. is awesome. Right. But generally not a lot of lessons are learned from it and can almost be detrimental if you just happen to accidentally succeed at something. Right. I saw like, it was a TikTok. I'll I'll be honest where I get my information. Okay. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's a series (laughs) and it's uh, where are these people who won the lottery now? Mm-hmm. And these people all just fell into millions. And basically every single, I watched them all because I was on a rabbit hole and they all lost every single penny mm-hmm. because success comes at a cost. And if you don't pay the cost up front, you generally end up paying it in the back end. Mm-hmm. And so, that's a hard to fall from that where you ooh. can buy everything and have everything to not having, you know, like entertainers and athletes and stuff that have a whole lot. And then they get used to a lifestyle and then they lose it, that's that's rough. I've yes, never yeah. been through that myself, but I can imagine that'd be pretty awful. Right. So but when you got started with all of this and, and you're kind of pushing through all of it, mm-hmm. um, how long would you say that that journey to 
you know, a measurable success took you where you really kind of had to question everything that's going on, maybe deal with the, the emotional roller coaster of that? I think it never goes away. Um, I don't think you ever say like, oh, I, I don't have any emotional roller coasters anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you just learn how to um, how to get in front of it. You learn how to not react. Um, you learn to um, because you have again, you have all of this data. So when I first started working with I worked with a business coach, when I first started working with a business coach, the first thing they make you do is do a time log. And so I was like, wow, I'm losing all of this time by just being scared. You know, like um. I I went back and said, 30 minutes of self-doubt, 15 minutes of worrying if, you know, my bills were going to get paid. And all of that, when I went back and looked at it, I could use that time to pour back into my business. And so when I have those emotional roller coasters, I'm like, how much time am I losing? Let me pour that back into my business, call somebody that might uh, connect with me, feel the same way. Somebody either that works in insurance or somebody that works in HVAC, they're going through the exact same thing. Call them and say, how do you overcome this? Or what does your day look like? Or how can I help you in your business? Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's the more that I give, naturally it's, I'm going to be able to receive. So, you know, I've heard this thing about the fear of the thing is actually worse than the thing itself actually happening. Absolutely. One of my favorite exercises to have clients do, especially if they're dealing with that, I find, especially when I work with women, they deal with it a little bit more often than men. You guys seem to like just keep on trucking without blowing your, your fears out on me. But like when I work with my, my female clients, there's that, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're all women. Um, and one of my favorite exercises though, is I have them write a success log and I tell them go all the way back to the beginning and just like write everything that you've done well, everything you've accomplished, everything that you're proud of down written form. Don't leave it all up in your head. And so few of us have actually done that. Mm -hmm. I did it in my own business back before I became a coach. And that was what was actually gave me the courage to step out and be like, am awesome actually i do have the skills to figure it out even when the chips are down i overcome it i make something out of it and that's been really powerful in a lot of my clients mm -hmm. businesses just give them that boost to say you know what things might suck right now but consistently i do this to help overcome it right uh, I think also what's helped me too is you think of somebody that's super close to you. So like my sister's my absolute best friend. And I think of some of the negative talk that I was feeding to myself and then I rewarded it saying it to her. And I was like, I would never oh, talk to her that way. Good that's yeah. really so, good. Right. So why would I feed that information to me? So that helped me kind of break through some barriers as well. Ooh, I got to use that for <laughs> like, You're you know, there's, there's people I know in my life <laughs> that they, they struggle with that, that, that self-talk, right. you know what I mean? And it, it, that is a great example. I have not heard it put like that, but that's phenomenal. I think it's hard for some people because, you know, there are a lot of us not raised with that as like a, a prevailing thought process growing up self-talk, the mm -hmm. psychology of it just wasn't there. Um, and it's very much more prevalent nowadays, especially, you know, I'm raising young kids. And so now it's like, you've got to have them in a positive mindset. I'm like, my kids are going to have so many advantages, <laughs> like good for them. Um, but yeah, it, it, that shift from mm -hmm. like, oh, this is mumbo jumbo. It's amazing if you can consistently do it how big of an impact and that's what you see in a lot of business books too mm -hmm. i mean i i read a lot of them and a lot of them they start immediately with a mindset piece yeah absolutely and, and they always say you know everything starts at the start of your thoughts so, so mm -hmm. you control your mind you'll control the outcome and that's huge anytime you get a bad thought figure out okay how 
how can I stop this or change this or make my thoughts better? Because that's where everything comes out from. That's mm -hmm. where everything's. This is where I think experience comes in when you're in the entrepreneur world and you're going through things. You're going to have this. You're going to have the, the downside of things. You're going to have the self-doubt. You're going to have all of that. But when you go through it, you just keep pushing forward. And then you realize, okay, well, that wasn't really as, as devastating as I right. thought it might be. Right. So speak to that a little bit as far as do you have any examples of, you know, situations you maybe non-specific examples where you come up against a situation that you really didn't want to go through, but went ahead and pushed yourself through it because you had to. Right. And then come out the other side and how you felt about that. Um, I think so when I when I when you say that to me, I think of there are no shortcuts to anything that you do. Um, so for me, I always go back to because I like to work out and I've, I love fitness as well. Um, so there's I can't just all of a sudden be strong in six months. Yeah. You know, there's a process and time that it takes for that. So even if I go and I don't get any type of results, month three doesn't mean I quit. You know, um, the only time you fail is if you actually quit. So for me, going through all of those processes within like my first like few years, I was like, I know that there's not going to be a shortcut. I'm learning so much. And even when I felt like, and this is sometimes the, the um, robber of joy is like comparing yourself to others. Mm. Uh, so even sometimes I'm like, they're just going so much quicker than me. I'm like, but I'm learning so much because I have so many setbacks. I'm learning so much. So when I get to this point, I've already learned it all. Um, so then I can keep pushing those barriers and breaking through. And that's where is really the, the destination, what you're after, or is it the journey itself? You know, because right. the, the journey is so much more enriching mm -hmm. than the destination itself. Destination can be a little bit underwhelming. Well, and there's no instant gratification. I think all of our, our general businesses kind of show that. Like you, you buy insurance and mm -hmm. like ideally you don't get hit by a bus tomorrow. So right. you just pay for the insurance until yep. one day you get sick. And then same with bookkeeping. You know, you mm -hmm. pay for the bookkeeping so that your books are good to go. Comes taxis and you pay for business coaching so that you can pour into your business and see that investment come back. You pour into your marketing and your, your leverage so that you can see that come back. But none of it happens right away. So, I've, so many I've heard the that. objections to marketing. You know, I, I have. I've been through those myself, too. But when you see it actually working, you know, you're experiencing that next level results of marketing just for, by being diligent. Mm -hmm. It's And there's lots of examples of this, but mm -hmm. that's just my example of seeing it from the social media side. It's like, wow, that's really kind of empowering to feel that and satisfactory, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you push pushing through uh, whatever the challenge is, coming out the other side with the reward, whether it was what you anticipated or even not anticipated. Right. Um, and then how you feel about that can power you to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite athletes that I follow, she said that it's really hard to beat somebody that's having fun. So, yeah. so instead of calling, instead of calling it work, she's like, I got to go have fun today. Um, so I think, you know, just the little switch in language like that, um, also helps a lot. So for me, when I go to my office, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm going to my office. Like I'm going to, I get to, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. I get to uh, get in my car and have the opportunity to drive and help someone. Um, or I get to, um, work in an air conditioning environment, mm -hmm. <laughs> HVAC, right. <Yeah. laughs> um, where I have the opportunity to have fun today by having conversations instead of like, this feels like work. And you know, that also impacts a team as well. Speaking of fun, mm -hmm. when they see you, you know, as a leader, you're having fun, it naturally motivates them as well. I mean, you would be surprised how 
motivated a team and enlightened they are to work with you just because you're having fun and you're enjoying it too uh, rather than saying you know i have to work today and they're like well i guess we have to work too because mm. you're working and it's like we gotta work right so if you're having fun well we want to have fun too the image right. of that is the the leadership is not the one with the whip behind the employees right it's the one in front it's, it's yeah it's the point it's person the that keeps you going and i think yeah. this kind of speaks on something we were actually talking about before we started recording this show is talking about figuring out what it is that you truly enjoy to do and leaning into it because i mean you so like your medical insurance mm -hmm. that's what you do but that's not what you've talked about for the most part you have fun by forming relationships and talking right. to people and your vehicle to do that is selling medical insurance so it oh, adds value point. to their life but you lean into the strength that is yours which is connecting with people right absolutely and i think that that's something that everybody can take away is it doesn't necessarily have to be that what the business is, is your passion in life. Mm -hmm. Insurance may not, and I, I, I kind of doubt it is, <laughs> your passion in life, but it's the vehicle that allows you to do what you're best at. Right. And it can be any vehicle. We've talked to people who own maid services, who likes to clean, no, but if it's the vehicle that- My wife likes to clean. <laughs> no, that's not a sexist thing to say. I'm just Jennifer's saying, listening she, to no, this being like, she, she's the one that would say that. She she enjoys that, and and more power to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imad likes to do bookkeeping. I I'm like, you got to be kidding I me. Mean, I'm I'm serious when I tell you, it's a yeah. blast. I mean, I wake up before I haven't had an alarm clock in years. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wake up far before anyone else ever does. And that's the thing. You formed your business around a love of numbers, and therefore. It's well, easy that's how he serves. Fun. Every time I see him, he's got a smile on his face. Yeah. I don't know if you're up to something or what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, not the, it's not the insurance policies that wake me up in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's the the people that I get to help. So yeah, right. it reminds me of that episode of Friends where like, what is it? Chandler is the guy and he hates his job and he goes and works every day. And he's like, do you all not hate your jobs? And everyone else is like, no, we love what we do. Like, well, and I'm like, yeah, I'm lucky to, you know, mm -hmm collaborate with a bunch of people who just really love what they do and it comes out in the quality of their work and the way they they present themselves to the world you know i've never been able to look at him the same after band of brothers came out did you see band of brothers i have not he yet. played the, the the crummy lieutenant in there he's just oh. a weaselly dude <laughs> oh, ever since then i'm like i don't like this guy <laughs> it's like the guy on ghost who played the bad guy you know what uh, i mean they killed patrick swayze they uh, killed my wife can't stand the guy no it doesn't matter how good he is and whatever he does but she can't stand him so that's the downside of acting yeah yeah. I don't think his character on Friends is that a super appealing either, to be honest. But that's so let's spend a couple minutes, uh, uh, Priscilla, with uh, like surrounding yourself with the right people. Yep, absolutely. So talk about that. Um, so I think that's a good question too. So I think um, the more that you, for lack of better words, level up, right? The more that you level up, naturally, you're either going to have your the people that are surround uh, surround you. They're going to level up with you, or they're just going to kind of level out. Um, so the more that you work on yourself, that's going to for me that is organically going to happen. Um, with that being said, also, I, I think it is important to um, surround yourself with people that believe in you because mm. um, entrepreneurship and small business ownership is can be very um, lonely at times. So when you're talking to other small businesses like or an entrepreneur, like I expressed earlier, um, if I have a hard day, that's usually my go-to. Like, hey, how's your day going? <laughs> um, and then how can I add value to your day? 
Uh, because if I want to contribute to their their circle, I also have to work on myself. So if I want to attract, you know, the million dollar mindset, I have to have the million dollar mindset. If I want to attract people that, you know, can't wait to wake up in the morning, I have to not, I have to be excited to wake up in the morning. So it starts with me and then I can law of attraction and attract that and then understand that I have value to bring to that team as well. You know, and words of affirmation was one of your love languages. It is. Right. And it, we, that came out in the last show. And that's uh, that's one of mine as well. Um, that and cash. No, I mean, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, no, but, but seriously, so we're a little bit more... Uh, we can take that more to heart mm-hmm. in the entrepreneurial journey. I would say that that is, at least in that respect, is super important to surround yourself with people that are going to build you up and not like the crap pot mentality where they're looking to tear you down. Right, mm-hmm. right. No, absolutely. I think a lot too, because I mean, in anything that you do, I mean, I did uh, CrossFit. So many people were like, oh gosh, why are you doing CrossFit? You should just go, you should just go to Lifetime Fitness. That's going to be great. And then you start getting a lot of advice. And so then when I went into entrepreneurship, they're like, well, why don't you just get a nine to five? I love my nine to five. And I'm like, well, that's not, your vision's different than my vision. So I have to understand that, you know, and anything that you do where you're going to accomplish something big, you're going to get a lot of people who are like, that's kind of off from what I, from my vision. I'm like, that's fine because it's not your vision. It's mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you mind any thoughts on that? I've got I've got massive thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> I can tell he's over there. Going, I'm just ready to bite on this. Um, you know, and we all love quotes here, but a good one from Jim Rohn. If anyone knows who Jim Rohn really is, like he Jim always Rohn, says, yeah. you know, you can take a lot of advice from a lot of people, and that's fantastic. You can take that all into your inventory and your own personal toolbox. But essentially, it's not picking what's right or what's wrong. It's what at the end you want to come out with your own theory. So right. you collect all this information, you take it in, now you know, but then you've got to come up with your route because that's what's going to work out for you. Not for, you know, your friends or for anyone else, but specifically for you. And so I mm-hmm. completely agree. Yep. Yeah. Heather? My favorite thing to say is there are no rules, just laws. Mm-hmm. So what your vision for your future is, there's really no rules around it. You can figure it out and find a new way to do it. And that's, I think, there's there's a difference between... Having someone who can hear your idea, support it, and poke holes in it where you need to to help it grow, and someone who's just going to like completely tear it down. Because we've all experienced both. We've experienced that group of people we go to with our shiny new ideas, mm-hmm. which we all have as entrepreneurs. It just naturally occurs when you're pouring into yourself and your growth. And for them to you know resonate it back and help you really build it up or just be like, that's a dumb idea. That's been done before. That's out there already. That you, You're never going to succeed. Um, and that's just not the message you want to be pouring into yourself. Right? No, and there's lots of opportunity for that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people are just, they're excited to come and tear your little ship down. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah. the glass half full or half empty kind of mentality, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think of like the guy that um, invented ring. Um, the oh, yeah. little door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was on Shark Tank. Yeah, I was every- going to say. Yeah, and everyone said it was a dumb idea. Yeah. He was, he was one of he the ones that did. He was commercial about that <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he was one of the ones that didn't get um, an investment. He didn't get a shark. And so he was able to go back as a shark. And so if you think about, like, some of the most successful people, they've had so many people doubt them. I mean, you're going to, in your life, you're going to be told no, no way more than you are going to be told yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... The I guess the idea of entrepreneurship is you're ahead of the curve, at least in your area, that you're wanting to go in is a sure sign of a successful entrepreneur. And yeah, everybody's going to be a little freaked out, you know, 
I mean, Star Wars, when Star Wars first came back and came out in 77, everybody was like, I think the lead up to that, they were like, this is stupid. This is a stupid thing that you're doing. And, but he just kept, you know, persevering. And now it's like, you can't get away from Star Wars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think right now is an exciting time to be an entrepreneur because of how like crazy everything is, the market shifting, everything shifting around. But like for those people that can hang on and, and stay the course, there's about to be massive amounts of opportunity to grow and scale and succeed and new things are coming out. So there's just, if you can stay that one step, keep your ball, like keep in the game. Right. So, well, so here's the deal. Cash is always flowing. Mm -hmm. So you just have to direct some of it your way. That's, that's the deal. It's Lots not overly complicated. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's your goal. I might. <laughs> no, no, I said the laws of gold. Take, you <laughs> wait. Laws of gold. Iman is going to be one of those. He's going to be a multi-billionaire one day. We're going to be like, oh, I remember really, what I Ahmad, knew come on our podcast again, okay? He won't take my calls anymore, though. I don't know what's going on. Mark, we just got to channel some cash. Yeah. Please, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm all good with that. All right, uh, Priscilla, if, if, he, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So you, I'm very Googleable now. Um, so Priscilla Moreno, the health agent, you'll be able to find me. Nice. Or you can call me at 210-705-3578. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Priscilla. Thank you. You want to wrap us up? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I, I love the direction we went, even though we kind of went long on both shows, but it's a lot more of the entrepreneurial game. So, okay, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch video versions of the show on our website at satalkradio.com. That's satalkradio.com, and that's going to be it for us. Have a great week, and we will see you on the next show. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you.